announcement. We put some photos in the men's toilet of our C3 golf championship. So uh, if you, um, there's some photos in the men's toilet. And no, the women can't go in there. It's just for the men. But uh, there's a couple of great photos of Scotty Brown in there. So uh, excited about that. And uh, so if you need to go to the toilet, just be aware of that. There are a couple of photos of our men's championship, our golf championship up on the wall. It's exciting. And uh, take a look. You'll enjoy that. And uh, that'll be a fun one. But yeah, Christian Surf is going to be a fun one. We wanted to add in an uh, ultimate body surfing championship, winner takes all. Um, I thought that'd be fun because there's so many dads that hang out on our beach days and just push kids in. I thought we could do a, a body surfing championship. Um, that'd be, huh? Speedos only for the dads, absolutely. Our little hat, you know those little hats they wear, speedos only. Um, but uh, I, I, we haven't organised it. We had so much going on and everyone's coming and Compassion are coming and Rima are coming and uh, everyone's going to be there. So that's going to be, I uh, get there early to get a car back if you want to come. But yeah, this morning um, I just thought I'd uh, just share a message like a, um, nearly, nearly a devotional uh, if... Uh, now that I'm 40, 1982, love that shirt, need one of those. Uh, I thought we'd uh, come around the word this morning and uh, as a family, great message, Fleur, but just to share a, um, we did that on the bus with our guys, we shared a men's devotional and it was so great just to sit and chat as men on the bus on the way down and uh, we deliberately hired uh, a coach that had a microphone. Uh, so that we could actually chat real men stuff. And it was so great just to sit and chat as men. It wasn't like a fiery message or anything like that. Um, but I said, guys, just sit back and enjoy the velvety tones of Andrew Flexman as we're going down <laughs> as we're going down the uh, freeway. Here's the Gosford exit. Here's the Hornsby exit. You've got nowhere to go. And so this will only take 45, an hour and a half. I don't know. It won't be long. But uh, no, it didn't take long. It took seven 15 minutes, I don't know. But anyway, so this morning I was reading uh, this week and this story jumped out at me. Uh, and it's in the book of John, if you read your Bibles, chapter 9. One of Rachel Mondell's favorite chapters, apparently. It's cool. And uh, how good's Rachel Mondell? She's back from her European tour. Yeah. European tour. And uh, what a legend. It says in verse 1 Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was who was blind from birth. John chapter 9, verse 1. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Who knows that's a stupid question? Sometimes we say stupid things. Anybody? It's like, well, who, who sinned? Did God, did you curse a baby? Because this guy did something crazy. No, God doesn't curse babies. That's not who God is. Sometimes we say silly things every now and then. You, you know, it would have been so much fun hanging out with the disciples because, like, they're just these guys that just blurt out things and say this. And, you know, remember the last days, Peter chopped a guy's ear off, and Jesus is going, dude, what's going on here? What are you doing? And, uh, you know, it's good for me to be here. I'm going to, you know, these disciples are these crazy cats just going around. And uh, who knows that Jesus didn't pick the disciples for their intellect. He didn't say, hey, these guys, here's a banker, and here's a high-priced lawyer, and these guys, you know, there are worse some guys in there. But who knows, that, like Jilly said, he just wanted guys who were loyal, guys that believe, guys that would follow him, and I uh, love that. But anyway, when you get that, sometimes you get these crazy moments, and they said, who sinned? Was it the man or was it the baby? Well, I don't know how the baby can sin, because he's a baby. Babies struggle. I mean, sometimes we think they are, or of the devil. Anyone got any babies around? <laughs> sometimes I've questioned whether 
this baby came from here or this baby came from here because, oh, my Lord, will you, you know, ah, especially when you're on holidays and you're driving north and uh, kids in the car like, come on. Oh, man. Anyway, who's sin? This man is but Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I love that thought. It says, neither this man sin nor his parents, but that should be the works of God should be revealed in his life. And that tells me, I love that thought. That tells me that when I'm struggling or I have an issue or I have a, a circumstance that I can't overcome, it's not because God's trying to punish me. It's not that God's trying to strike me down or there's your light in life. You're blind. You're a blind person and that's it. Why am I blind? Why do I have a saw this? Why do I have a saw that? Why do I, you know, how come I can't get, oh, why do I keep going around the same this? God, I keep going around the same mountain. Why is this my lot? I don't understand it. And it's not that that's my lot in life. That's not how it works. Hey, if I'm struggling right now, if I've got this situation that constantly comes at this addiction that constantly overwhelms me, this, this, this thing that constantly ov- overwhelms me, that's not who I am. The Bible says that the works of God should be revealed in this guy's life, that this situation should, it says that the works of God can be revealed in my life, that I can overcome this by God's hand in my life. And they can say, hey, did, weren't you that guy that was struggling with it? Yeah, but God moved in my heart. God moved in my life, and I was able to go beyond that. Love that thought. So it's like, so all the challenges that we face aren't challenges for, the, for God trying to strike his evil rod at us. It's actually like allowing us to show God's hand in our lives and for us to rise and overcome. The Bible says, and I love this thought, that we are overcomers. And as we're connected to the Lord, the Bible says that he's given us victory everywhere we go, everywhere we put our, everything we put our hand to, the Bible says God has given us victory in that area. And so I, you know, you hear those people all the time, oh, I'm struggling with this. In 1995, I struggled in this. And then 1990, you know, I struggled in this. And it's like, well, dude, it's 2022 and you're still struggling with the same thing. It's like God's given us a spirit that can rise and go beyond that. I believe that. Anybody. It says, if the works, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well done. Verse 6, when he had said these things, Jesus, he says, he spat on the ground and made clay with a saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. Sometimes we won't always understand God's ways. We won't always understand in our own mind God's timing. It's like, God, I want this now. God, I want this now. Uh, many times I prayed for this and that. And if I'd actually got it, it would have been the worst decision. It would have been the worst thing that could have happened to my life. Sometimes, you know, as we step out, as we trust, as we follow the Lord, he, the Bible says that he goes before us and makes a way. Not every time when God's asked us to do something, will it make sense at that time? God, I do not understand this. God, why are you asking me to give this or sow this or speak to that person or go here or go there. It's like we don't under, we're not always going to understand. It's not always going to line up. And you know that uh, in the Old Testament when you see the battle of Jericho and it's Joshua, he's this brilliant military strategist. And uh, God says, hey, dude, I, I know you've got an amazing army and you've taken this city and this city and this city, but what I want you to do 
is just to walk around the walls in complete silence. And it's like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. But it's like, we won't always understand when God asks us to step out, when God asks us to do this, it's not always great timing. And sometimes we don't even understand what we're doing. But as we lean in and trust the Lord, the Bible says that he goes before us. Verse 7, and it said to him, and Jesus said to the man, the blind man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Cool. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Unbelievable. Next level. Jesus said, hey, it's so simple. Go and wash, come back, and you, this man who's born blind, who's never seen, that day his life changed forever, forever. I couldn't see, I'm a beggar, I'm sitting here, I've got no clue, no idea. And Jesus said, it's so simple to go and wash and come back seeing. That one encounter, this man had one encounter with the Lord and it absolutely, no doubt, changed the direction of his life forever. When we have one moment, one encounter, one revelation of who God really is, this will change our lives forever. Verse 8, Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that uh, he was blind said, is, is not this he who sat and begged? Verse 9, some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. Does anyone know any some saids? You know, they said, or they said this, and they reckon that, and they know this. Who knows that they know everything? Everywhere I go, mate, they know it. You know what they reckon? Well, what do they reckon? Well, no one goes there anymore. Why does no one go, go there anymore? Because it's too crowded. No one goes there anymore because it's too crowded. It's like, well, somebody's going there because it's too crowded. They reckon that no one goes there anymore. Well, everyone goes there because it's so crowded. You know, they reckon, they know, you know what they reckon. You know what they say about the new Toyota. You know what they say about the new Hilux. You know what they say about the new V6 Land Cruiser. No, tell me what they say. What do they say? Because everybody knows everything. You say this and you say that. Some say, this is he. Others say, no, no, he's like him. It's not him. It's like him. He says, I am he. What a conversation. I'm he. And they're like, ah. Verse 10. Therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? I love this guy. And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes, and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. It's like, I believe that the church is going into a day where we bring people into our house, into God's church, and they get healed. And, and they'll get, their, their marriages will come back together. How? How? Why? Oh, because Cam invited somebody and he's just sitting in the worship and God spoke to him. How did it happen? Well, Scotty Brown invited someone. He just sat in the worship. That's all he did. And God had an encounter with the Lord. God changed his heart, changed his mind, changed his family forever. A man called Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes and said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. If we do what the Bible says, God will be with us, right? The, Jesus' mum says, whatever Jesus says, do that. And that's great advice. Whatever Jesus says to do, hey, do that. If, you know, many times our lives can be haywire and going out of control and this and that. 
and you say, hey, what does the Bible say about your actions or your emotions or the way you're treating people or the way you, you know, how, what does it say, you know, my business is not working well. How, how, what does the Bible say about reputation of character and, you know, maybe doing what you said you were going to do? You know, all this kind of thing. Do what the Bible says to do. Jesus says, go to the pool and wash. Here's the, here's the, here's the deal. So this guy went and washed. He just did what Jesus said to do. It's not hard. It's not convoluted. It's so simple. Just do what Jesus says to do. And then they said to him, where is he? And he said, I don't know. Love this guy. Absolutely love this guy. He said, I don't know. Who's ever been in a conversation with someone in 2022 and you said something to them and they said, I don't know. Never. Never, ever, because they know everything. Everywhere we go, they know this and that. You know when you speak to people and you say, hey, what about this? Say, yeah, I know. So, oh. And he speaks up and says, hey, do you know that so-and-so, so-and-so did this? Said, yep, yep, I know. It's like, oh, I was talking to a guy the other day, and he was talking about something. I said, dude, I've got no idea. And he says, what do you mean? I said, dude, I don't even know. And he said, I've, there's a guy who actually works with Google. This guy's a legend guy, great guy, phenomenal guy. He works with Google, obviously a genius. And uh, I assume, and uh, maybe not, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, great guy. And he asked me a question. I said, dude, I don't know. And he said, what do you mean you don't know? He said, no one ever tells me I don't know. I said, dude, I don't know. I'd have to look into it and come back to it because I don't know. And these days, we just think we have to answer every question even when we don't know. There's stuff you don't know. You don't know everything. So when someone asks you some crazy question, and if you don't know the answer, but then you try and answer it, you're going to look like the disciples at the start of this thing. Blurt, who, who sinned? Was it the baby or the parents? And we're going to go, what are you talking about? You look crazy. You just, you know, we don't always have to pretend that we know everything. And I think people appreciate it when you say, look, dude, I, I, I don't know about that. This is sort of my lane, and uh, I'd have to look into that and come back to you because I just don't know. Uh, I'm not an all-knowing guy, and uh, I don't think I'm supposed to. Verse 13, love this guy. He said, where is he? I don't know. Verse 13, they brought, him who form- they brought him who formerly was blind. I can't believe that. Formerly was blind. This guy's like better than Lotto, received his sight. Cannot believe it. Formerly was blind to the Pharisees. And uh, if you're a church kid of the 80s, 82, 1982, and uh, they used to call the Pharisees the Pharisees, the couldn't sees, the wouldn't sees, the, what, the shouldn't sees, the nobody sees, I don't know. And uh, they used to always, who remembers that? Preaching in the 80s, the wouldn't sees, the couldn't sees, the shouldn't sees, the wannabes. Anyway, nobody. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Verse 15, here we go. I said, so when the Pharisees also, then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. The Pharisees, they just don't understand. They just, how did, how did you, how, what happened? And he said to them, so the blind man talking to the Pharisees, he said, he put clay on my eyes and I wash and I see. He's like, do not understand. That does not, ma- I, I've studied the law. I know all the law. I know the Leviticus. I know Genesis, Exodus, I know the whole thing. I do this, I do that. This is, this is the first time in the history of the world that anyone born blind has ever been healed and can see. This is the first time. It's never happened before. Next level. Unbelievable. They know this guy. And he said, uh, he put clay on my eyes. Unorthodox. I know. I don't understand it. I washed and I see. The gospel message is incredibly simple. It's not convoluted. It's not hard to understand. It does make sense to your neighbors. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and to set us free. He didn't come to do any of this weird stuff or crazy stuff. 
God came to better our situation. God came that we can rise, that we can go beyond where we couldn't, where we didn't have the strength to do it. When God enters our world, when we connect the Lord into our hearts, the Bible says that we can rise. It's so simple. Oh, the gospel is so hard to understand. No, it's not. It's incredibly, it's incredibly simple. Verse 16. Therefore, some of the Pharisees, I love this point. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. And it's like, man, dude, I got a guy standing here who's over the moon. He can now see. He couldn't see before. He was blind. He begged for a living. That's what he did. He used to wake up, get carried and begged. Dude, we got a guy who's just seeing color, seeing trees, seeing this, seeing that. And he goes, well, this guy's obviously not from the law because he, he healed on the Sabbath. And it's like, what are you talking about? This does not make any sense. It's like, for so long, for so long, the church has majored on minors. Who's ever majored on a minor? So like, why are you arguing? What's going on here? Who's ever driven somewhere with your kids and they're in the back screaming? What is going on? Why is everyone screaming? What's happening back there? Oh, so-and-so put his foot on that side of the thing and now it's touching my foot. But what are you talking well, It's like it's huge arguments. and Everyone's in tears. This is going on. It's like, what? He put his foot where? And I look back and their feet are just sitting there. Nothing's going on. I'm sure there's a bit of something going on. I don't know. He's leaning his shoulder onto my shoulder. Right, yeah. So I have to fight for 40 minutes and scream the whole way. And Dad's trying to drive, but I got to scream because he's touching my shoulder. And it's like, what? And then many times in church, I didn't go to that church. You know, that church does this and that. And they said, what are you talking about? How many times have you had been in a conversation and I just zone out? I just talk to him and I go, yeah, right. And anyway, that church believes this and that. And I just think they're this and that. And I'm like, like going, man, I've zoned out. I don't know what you're talking about anymore majoring on the mind. How many times we've found ourselves majoring on this crazy thing? We get, we get so hung up. Why, who's ever found, I've found myself in this. Why am I so hung up here? What's happened? I'm just arguing about something. And I sit back and go, oh, what are you doing? Stop. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter where the chairs go or what this happens or how long we do this. Or I think we've missed it. When we start majoring on, it's like we've got a, a guy here who can now see and he's going, well, oh, he can't be, the guy who did this can't be from God because he did it on the Sabbath, like the Sabbath. And we're like, dude, I, I don't know, eh? but I can see now, so I'm pretty pumped about that. <laughs> Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them, always division. Everywhere we go, outside the division. Verse 17, and they said to him, sorry, and they said to the blind man again, they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind. You can only imagine if this was 2022, there'd be the inside scoop on a current affair. We show tonight what really happened. We go behind the scenes on man who says he was born blind. But we show you footage today of man driving on freeway. We show you footage of man walking into KFC, ordering a whole meal, reading the thing. We show you what really happened tonight, 6 o'clock. Be there. Anyway, inside scoop, media. The Jews did not believe concerning that he had actually been born blind and received his sight until they called his parents of him who had received the sight. They, and they asked them, the parents, saying, Is this your son? And they like, yeah. Who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? Already these guys are trying to discredit, rip down, 
underqualify, point fingers. So who, is this your son who you say, who you say was born blind? I was like, well, yeah, he's my son. And yeah, he was born blind. They're trying to mock these people. They're trying to discredit, rip them down. His parents answered them. He said, we know this is our son and he was born blind. But what man he now sees, we don't, do not know. Who, who opened his eyes, we do not know. His parents, unfortunately, full of fear of being left out of the cool, cool club, he's of age, ask him. It's like, oh, dad, come on. Step up, dad. Go, dad. Go, dad. He will speak for himself. His parents just couldn't, didn't want to be left out, didn't want to take a stand for their son because they didn't want to feel left out of the cool club. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he will be put out of the synagogue. It's like, guys, come on, your son, your own son now can see, and you still can't, you know, say, like, guys, maybe, 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 maybe consult the Lord on a few things. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age, ask him. So they again called the man who was born blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. So now we've got the leaders of the church saying with authority, hey, we know that this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I say, right, do you? Who knows that sometimes people actually say things that aren't true? Sometimes people can tell you things in authority even and say, hey, we know this. Well, we know that Jesus wasn't a sinner. We know that he lived the perfect life and died on the cross as a sacrifice for us so that when we sin, we can go to him and have access wholeheartedly, cleanly, freely to the Lord. These people lied. You know, sometimes we're dealing with people who just aren't truthful, who say things that aren't true to your face in authority. Hey, we know. So, okay. And it can be confronting. Hey, well, dude, this guy says that he he knows. Well, this guy's like, I don't know. I says to him, He answered and said, I love this guy. Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. Love this guy. He says, one thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. So I don't know if he's a sinner. I don't know all this crazy stuff that goes on. I don't know what he's done in the past. I don't know what you think about him or what I don't know about him. I don't know any of that. Hey, all I know is I couldn't see. And now he touched my eyes and I can see and I, I think that the, this guy's so honest. He's just so open and honest. And he's obviously the greatest day of his life. We take it for granted for what we can see. But this guy couldn't. And I think that the Lord loves honest conversation. That when we go to prayer and when we're driving or we're sitting talking to the Lord, that to be real and to be honest and to say, hey, God, I'm struggling with this. I don't know why I am. I don't know why this hurts me so much. But God, I, I need your help on this. Oh, God, I, I, I really kind of, maybe my attitude and my emotions are a bit out of whack, but, Lord, I, it's like being honest with the Lord. I think the Lord wants us to be honest. I don't, the Lord can't bless who we pretend to be. He can't bless who we're pretending to be. We have to, and God knows who we really are. Like, I think it's so powerful that we can actually go to the Lord and put our pretense aside, put our cool clothes aside and my Instagram account aside and all this stuff aside and say, God, I'm kind of struggling. Hey, I, 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 need, a, I need a hand. And uh, I think God's big enough and powerful enough and, and secure enough 
to go, yeah, it's cool, man. We can talk about that. Like, I don't think God gets freaked out when we're honest. I don't think God goes, oh, no, you're kidding. You've got an emotional issue. Oh, no. Quick, someone, come out. It's all over. He's got an emotional. I thought he was doing really well. You know, it's like the power of being an actual true believer is being honest between my heart and the Lord. I must be honest. I'm, if I'm not being honest with the Lord, then there's no point. Like, it's like I'm playing a game. I have to be growing. I have to be enlarging. And as I'm honest with the Lord, do you know what will happen? Is the Lord will actually speak honestly to you. He'll say, hey, dude, yeah, that little thing that, you know how you speak about those people when they're not around? It's like, yeah, I kind of like doing that because I don't like those people. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe it's not the best way for you to live your life. Maybe, maybe just be conscious that when that person leaves and there's still that guy that you're hanging out with, don't say, hey, that guy's a so-and-so. Hey, can you believe what he just said? You know, I think it's so powerful for the church to actually be honest with the Lord. Sounds crazy, right? Where do we get up to? Uh, I was blind and now I see. Then they said to him again, Why did, uh, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them. I love this guy. He says, I told you already and you did not listen. Man. Anyway. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? It's like now he's having a zing. Now he's there going, guys, I've told you. Like I hear you're trying to discredit me. I've got Tracy Grimshaw coming at me behind the scenes. I've got these guys coming at me saying, we know he's a sinner. And it's like, dude, what do you want me to do? I, I was blind, but now I see God moved. God changed. God got me out of that situation. God got me out. God got me beyond that financial disaster. I don't know what happened. I don't know how. It's not my lot in life. As I connected my heart to the Lord, God made a way. As I connected my heart to his heart, God opened a door where I could not open a door. That's the power of who we are as we connect to the Lord. Hey, it's not my way. It's his way. God opens doors for us to walk through. I love this guy. And then he says, so then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple. We are Moses' disciples. Like, okay. Now, we know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. And again, this guy just doubles down and rips in. He says, the man answered and said to them, why, this is a marvelous thing that you, you do not know where he is from yet. He has opened my eyes. Like saying, I don't care what you say. I don't care who you are. God, I don't know what you got going on. But I do know, what I do know is that I've somehow discovered that God is for me and God is with me. I don't know who you say about this guy. I've got no clue. It doesn't even matter. But I've just had a revelation that, God, you are with me and that you are for me and you are on my side. And guess what? When you get that deep sense of revelation that God is with you and God is for you, it doesn't matter who stands in front. It doesn't matter. They call this guy lies. Says, Dude, I'm standing here seeing. I've never seen anything in my entire life. And I know you think he's a so-and-so, but I don't know what you think. And I don't really care what you think, to be honest, because God healed my eyes. I love this guy. And it says here, now he starts, this guy starts, um, then he starts sort of, like, basically gets out his Bible and starts preaching. And he says, to the Pharisees, which they probably don't love, he says, now we know that God, he says, now we know that God does not hear sinners, okay? But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. That's a note for us. How do I get God to hear my prayers? If anyone is a worshiper, worship the Lord. We spoke on our, our men's secret men's gathering. 
that uh, the last point of our men's devotional was a, a grateful heart, to walk around and to cultivate a grateful heart, to thank the Lord, to thank the Lord for what we have. We might not have this, we might not have that, but like Flo said, to thank the Lord for what we actually do have, to get into a practice of actually thanking the Lord, walk through our day saying, God, I thank you for my family, I thank you for my wife, I thank you for my beautiful kids, I thank you for where I live, I thank you for my neighbors, I thank you for this. It's very hard to be a negative person when you have the practice of walking around, thanking the Lord for what you do have. God, thank you for this. God, thank you the sun is out. Thank you that Scotty Brown just didn't get longest drive by that much. I think Scotty Brown, we are talking about yesterday, was absolutely the people's champ. Absolutely. I don't know what happened, but um, longest drive became a pretty big deal. And uh, I think, anyway, the best man may have won. We'll see the photos. But um, people's champ, in the end, all the other men had stopped hitting golf balls. And there's like this crowd around Scotty going, Scotty, Scotty, hit it, Scotty, hit it, Scotty. And uh, they were banking for Scotty. Scotty was absolutely our people's champ by far. But we got the awards around the wrong way. And we gave Scotty their MVP. Uh, because there was a bit of confusion at the range. A bunch of guys uh, with um, administration. How can that that be? Where's that confusion? Who would have suspected that? Anyway, and we sort of got all the awards mixed up. We just handed them out as they were. But uh, Scotty absolutely was the people. They were cheering Scotty's name. I'm looking around going, dude, what's going on over there? How come there's 18, 20 guys? Scotty. Anyway, Scotty Scotty can hit a ball, but... um, I'm nervous. Scotty actually invited me to go to another drone range next week. I said, no way. Why would I? It's crazy. No way, mate. No chance. Because he was hitting them like that. And then some of them were going in, some were going out. But, uh, mate, why would I put myself in that crazy situation? No way. Good luck. I said, yeah, mate, sounds great. And I'm thinking, no way, mate. I don't want to get this guy. He's going to hit it at 200. He's going to hit 350 next time. He's going to hit it out of the park. And I even think, um, who was it? Mark Elliott said that he's going to practice next time for our men's golf day, that he's actually going to get a super coach and uh, go hit the range. And uh, I like no practice, no warm-up myself. Just get in there. And uh, lower back feels it a little bit, a little bit. But uh, what a great day. Last thought. It says, since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one open the eyes of one who was born blind last thought we serve the god who constantly does the unheard of hey that's never been done before yeah because when i serve the lord he opens a door that i don't open he opens it god's an innovator god's a forward thinker god is a progressive god like Fleur said Three generations, one, two, three. I love that thought that we started in a garden. Oh, cool. You know, we're not designed. We don't have to design to unplug from the world and just live in a garden by ourselves, fearful of that big, bad outside world. It says in Revelation that we end in a thriving metropolis city. We're designed to progress into a city. We're designed to have the grace and the capacity to actually live in these busy cities and find peace and space within that. God has designed mankind to advance and to move forward. And the last thought is that we serve the God of the unheard of. I love that thought, that as we connect our hearts to the Lord, crazy things can happen as we allow God to move through our hearts. God can, you know, wow, I've never heard of that. I've never seen that. I've never, wow, that's, where did that idea, where did that sound, where did that thought come from? Well, God 
is the God who does the unheard of. He's not dead. He's not old. He's not tired. God is fresh and, and innovative and, and longing to advance and push his church, longing to push his church forward. And I uh, love that thought that we serve. It's so exciting to me that we serve the God who does the unheard of. I love that thought. And it says here, if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered him and said to him, you were, you were completely born in sins and you are teaching him and they cast us out. They didn't love him, didn't love this guy. Heckles this guy. Don't we love him? Blind guy. Lord, we thank you today. It's a devotional. Lord, we thank you today that, uh, Lord, you are the God who does the unheard of. And uh, what a great day just to stop and to pause and to remember, Lord, that as we connect our hearts to you, regardless of what our situation looks like now, whether I was born blind or born in poverty or born with a dysfunction or born, you know, with an ailment, that it's not my lot in life. It's designed, Lord, that the, the ways of God can be shown throughout my life. Lord, that uh, you can move us into a new day. In, the, in, in one instant, you can, we can turn a corner and move into a new day, a brand new sphere, a brand new level, brand new world of opportunity in one moment as we connect our hearts to you. And Father, what a great day it is, Lord, to be honest, Lord, with the Lord, to be honest with God in our conversation, in our prayers. And Father, to, Lord, I love that thought. We serve the God who constantly does the unheard of. Father, today we surrender our lives to this almighty God, Lord, that you constantly move us forward, advancing your house to get the message out to the whole world, the message out. What is the gospel message? To get the message out. God's not angry, but he's actually for you. God's not against you. He's actually standing with you. Father, that's the message to get out. And I pray, Lord, that it would explode on the central coast. The message would go out. Even when we stand on the beach next Saturday, the message would go out. God, you're not against us. God, you're for me. The Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon, that's who you are. You're more than an overcomer. That's who I am. That's how God sees me. So today, Father, let us rise again as a church, as a community, as individuals in your mighty name. Father, we bless you. Lord, you're a good God. God, it's, it's a privilege to know and serve almighty Jesus today. Father, bless our families, bless our homes, bless our kids, bless our workplace. Father, let there be ultimate blessing resting on each one of us. Lord, as we follow you, as we follow your ways, in Jesus' name, amen. We might stand and sing that song one more time. Hand it back over to the host. Hear the oceans roar, see the skies lie.